We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome back to the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in today. And it's just amazing. One of the reasons why I love doing this show one of the reasons why I'm always appreciative when I get to sit in for Mark is that it's an opportunity to highlight not only the hypocrisy of the left, but also the idiocy of the left, the kind of things that make no sense whatsoever, but yet are championed by those on the left. And so I teased before the break that that your gas stove in your house might be the next target for those on the left. So, uh, in fact, the, just last week, a federal appointee, he floated the hypothetical ban on gas stoves, then a member of the Consumer Protection Safety Commission, which regulates dangerous household items, told Bloomberg that a ban on gas stoves should be on the table. And this is what he said. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. And that was from a Biden nominee who joined the commission in 2021. So, Joining us to break down this issue is Ken Davis, former deputy attorney general in Virginia. He's an attorney with decades of corporate management experience in the electric and gas power industry. And he's now with the Federalist Society. Someone that's, again, I I support the Federalist Society in my day job as an attorney. Ken, welcome to 97.1 FM Talk, St. Louis. Well, thank you, Brad. Uh, Delighted to be with you. Uh, First of all, Ken, this debate over natural gas. This is not a new debate, is it? No, it's not. It's it's been going on for uh, really in one form or another, accelerating and intensifying now for years. Uh, The climate left, I'll call them, is clearly openly dedicated to doing everything they possibly can to reduce the uh, production and consumption of natural gas, uh, coal, all fossil fuels in all their applications. This attack on uh, gas appliances, gas stoves is just part of it. The Biden administration is uh, fully on board. They are uh, defined and driven by the uh, agenda of the, as set by the climate left. Um, Now, the president, uh, of course, in the uproar that followed uh, the one commissioner's uh, explicit reference to the possibility of a ban, the president said he doesn't support a ban on gas stoves. And the chairman of the commission 
has uh, said that uh, they have no proceeding to ban gas stoves, that all they're going to do is ask the public to provide information on gas stove emissions and uh, provide what the commissioner, the cleanup commissioner said, uh, provide or propose potential solutions for reducing risks associated with gas stoves. Now, we all know what that really means. The first commissioner who openly talked about uh, the real possibility of a ban, he just said the quiet part out loud. Yes. Cleanup statements, um, say from the president, um, have no legal meaning. The, The Consumer Product Safety Commission, after all, is an independent regulatory agency. The president has no control, um, no legal control over its agenda or its regulatory actions. So um, the fact that he's opposed to it doesn't, as a legal matter, mean anything. Right, because in, far, the, in this instance, that the, the, uh, this agency, they actually could, it's the Consumer Product Safety Commission, rather, if they chose tomorrow to ban gas stoves, the president would have no authority one way or the other to stop that. Isn't that right? That's absolutely right. And even just looking at the commission and they say, no, we we um, we have no proceeding to ban gas stoves. Well, they have a proceeding on the dangers or what they uh, describe as the dangers of gas stoves. And anyway, they they and other Washington regulatory agencies have shown themselves to be masters at crushing legitimate economic activity by imposing regulations that are supposedly Mm. just to reduce risk. Um, They don't have to ban them outright if they make them infeasible or uneconomic. You're you're exactly right. We're, We're talking to Ken Davis former attorney general in, or deputy attorney general in Virginia, current member of the Federalist Society. And, and Ken, the left in this country, they're always trying to ban icons of American life, like incandescent bulbs, uh, standard toilets, hamburger meat, even cars and trucks. So uh, are, are natural gas stoves just the next target on this never-ending list of things that the left is trying to ban? Well, they are. Um, along with uh, other applications uh, for heating, say, of uh, natural gas. They clearly, openly want to ban gas for cooking and also um, space heating. Berkeley, San Francisco, and New York City have already done so for new buildings. And the governor of New York has proposed a statewide ban on gas equipment in new buildings beginning in 2025. So... um, it's uh, there's no comfort in this uh, tactical uh, tweaking walk back from the White House and the and the uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission. And, and, this, uh, and this is what I don't understand, Ken, because you know, I, I had it in my notes here that uh, all about these local governments that are that are banning natural gas hookups. And and as you already mentioned, uh, Kathy Hochul in New York banning new uh, natural gas hookups for new buildings. But when I think about it, isn't natural gas, even if one buys into 
the uh, the global warming gas emission dangers, isn't natural gas far less damaging than other fossil fuels? Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, the um, the move in this country uh, away from coal um, to uh, natural gas is a fuel primarily as a fuel for the generation of electricity. That move from coal to natural gas in the electric industry, um, the result of regulatory pressure, certainly in many jurisdictions, uh, but also the economics of natural gas. The price of natural gas has fallen rapidly uh, because of the uh, technical revolution, uh, gas fracking, the technical revolution in uh, the production, the domestic production of natural gas. We are sitting on an ocean of natural gas. Mm, so yes, we are. That move for economic as well as regulatory reasons in this country uh, has resulted in um, the United States reducing its carbon emissions um, as much or more than any other country in the mm. world. So we're reducing it, but that's that's just not enough. And it drives me crazy here because this push to, to ban fossil fuels, if this continues to gain momentum, doesn't this simply place far greater demands on the already overextended electrical grid that, that really can, can't possibly generate enough electricity without fossil fuels? No, it can't. Um, recently... There was a massive study uh, published by the Electric Power Research Institute, or EPRI. Um, EPRI is the uh, recognized gold standard for electric system analysis and electrical engineering studies. And they looked at the sort of all-electric decarbonized future um, where the electric system in this country would be fueled by uh, winds and turbines and some sort of so-called clean biofuels, and that electricity would fuel everything, uh, transportation, space heating, uh, and, and the rest, electric cars and, and um, electric cooking and electric heating. And anyway, EPRI looked at this uh, green utopian future, to which the Biden administration is completely committed. And they concluded uh, that this goal depends on, assumes mm -hmm. materials, fuels, clean fuels, biofuels, technologies uh, that simply do not exist. Amazing. And, and aren't we seeing right now, Ken, just look no further than Europe. I mean, over the last decade, Europe has been trying to embrace this green technology and they try to to try to convert to non uh, greenhouse gas emitting forms of energy. And yet because of that, they've been held hostage when Russia turns off the, the, the spigot when it comes to oil and natural gas because the green technology simply can't produce the energy that a democracy needs to sustain itself. 
Well, that's right. Um, the Ukrainian war is, um, of course, uh, dreadfully uh, unfortunate and destructive for all the obvious reasons. But the disruption of natural gas supplies from Russia into Western Europe has forced governments in Western Europe to face the face reality or the unreality of their utopian, radical, green um, plans for the future. Uh, recently, in fact, this week, I think there was a, uh, a demonstration by environmentalists in Germany uh, as uh, the government and uh, private developers moved to uh, make a massive expansion in an open pit coal mine in Germany. So um, they are being forced by the unreality, the irrationality, the unattainability of the, um, of the sort of green future. Uh, they've been forced back to reality, as we will be. You're, in you're, one form or another. Exactly, in one form or the, or the other. Ken Davis, former Deputy Attorney General in Virginia, current member of the Federalist Society. If folks want more information on this or even more information on the Federalist Society, which is an organization that I support as an attorney during my, my day job, where can folks go online to find more info about the Federalist Society? Well, I'm, um, I've been an active member uh, for... Uh, decades, a couple of decades now. It's a great organization. I'm, I'm a member, and, and this conversation with you are my views, because, and my views only because the Federalist Society um, uh, is uh, got a lot of members, and they perform the invaluable service for society of fostering open, civil, balanced debate about all kinds of legal and policy issues, but as an organization, so they can remain balanced and neutral and open and creative in their programming. Uh, they take no position on uh, particular policy issues, including this one, but I would encourage any um, attorney or non-attorney who's interested in uh, that kind of responsible, open, substantive, civil discussion, balanced d discussion featuring all viewpoints of a variety of legal and policy issues, to take a look at the Federalist Society uh, website, their home, home page, Federalist Society, and it'll uh, pop right up. Great. Ken, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us today uh, here in St. Louis. It's great to talk to you, and I look, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, sir. Uh, hey, when we come back, we're going to actually address one of those issues that, that Ken Davis just talked about, freedom of speech, open debate. Do we still have that in this country? There's so much attacks from the left today on people who want to express their opinions, good or bad. But is that legal? We'll break that down next here on the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in today. Don't go away. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey, I hope you're having a great Monday afternoon. Uh, Brad Young sitting in for Mark today. And if you've heard me talk about freedom of speech before, you know that I'm passionate about that. And, of course, you would say, well, look, Brad, he's an attorney. Of course, he's going to be passionate about free speech. He's on the radio. Of course, he's passionate about free speech. But I'm not passionate about it for my benefit. I'm passionate about it because free speech is essential, essential for a free and open society. And it's, it's free and it's essential for, for numerous reasons. First and foremost, it's the marketplace of ideas. It's the battle for the truth. Whenever you can have competing ideas, then from that competition, it's called, I think philosophy calls it the dialectic, that through that competition of ideas, truth can come to the forefront. But when you suppress information, then truth ultimately gets suppressed. Here's a great example from recent events. And I've got a point here that I'll make, but here's a great example. Social media banned any discussion of the Hunter Biden laptop because it was viewed as being Russian disinformation. So you couldn't talk about that on on social media. Lo and behold, now we know that the Hunter laptop story is a legitimate story. It's a real issue. So by attempting to suppress information that was viewed as being incorrect or disinformation, it was really an attempt to hide the truth. We had the same thing with COVID, that if you said anything on social media about COVID coming from a city, the city of Wuhan, China, and that it came from there and it may have come from the lab, you were banned. In fact, I think I was banned once from from YouTube for making that statement that Chances are it did come. I didn't say it did. I said chances are that it came from a lab in Wuhan, China, the Chinese Institute for Virology, and and yet that was suppressed. Now, it turns out that's probably true as well. So when you have this idea of suppressing truth, suppressing free speech, suppressing ideas, really what you're doing is suppressing the truth. 
It doesn't mean that everything that's said is going to be true. Far be it. Uh, for example, the ACLU in the 1970s defended the ACE, defended rather the Ku Klux Klan and their right to speak in Skokie, Illinois, which was a predominantly Jewish community. And the Ku Klux Klan was spewing anti-Jewish discriminatory speech. It was hate speech. It was every word you want to use to to make it a derogatory form of speech. But the ACLU's position in the 1970s was that they have the right to say that, even if it's wrong, even if it's hateful. Because the second tenet of free speech is it makes everyone more accountable. If you spew hate speech, you can be held in account for that. And that can be used to show what type of person you are. But if you suppress it, then people can't be held accountable. Why do I say all that? Well, there's two things that are going on right now that, that again, causes me to question this country's commitment to free speech. Just, I believe it was today, or it may have been Friday, uh, Senator, or rather Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, she's a Texas Democrat. She introduced a bill in the House of Representatives. It won't go anywhere, but it shows you the mindset of the progressive left. This bill would impose criminal penalties for anyone who, and I'm quoting, publishes material advancing white supremacy, white supremacist ideology, or antagonism based upon replacement theory, or hate speech that otherwise vilifies or is directed against any non-white person or group, unquote. Now, first, let me say this, in case there's any misunderstanding. White supremacy is wrong. White supremacy is hate speech. White supremacy is repugnant, and the idea that someone would believe that they are better than someone else because of the color of their skin is reprehensible. Having said that, hate speech is still protected speech. If you look at every decision from the U.S. Supreme Court dealing with hate speech, the U.S. Supreme Court has upheld hate speech as being a, a form of speech that is allowed in this country. We need protection. We don't need protection of speech that's popular. We need protection of speech that's not popular. And here's why. And this is what the left can't understand. Because speech that's deemed hate speech today might not be hate speech tomorrow. Or put it a different way, the power to criminalize hate speech today is the same power that could be used to criminalize what's really not hate speech, but criminalize it in the future. Let me give you an example of that. If you look at what Sheila Jackson Lee is saying about hate speech directed towards minorities— that same concept could be used to, to vilify and to criminalize speech that uh, speaks poorly of the LGBTQ community. You could easily, it's the exact same idea, that we need to protect those individuals, that if you say anything derogatory against the LGBT community, you should be prosecuted. Well, in Canada, a couple of years ago, there have been at least one, I believe more than one, pastors in Canada who have been prosecuted because they said within the confines of their own congregation that homosexuality is a sin, which, of course, comes straight from the Bible. So if you quote the Bible on when it comes to homosexuality in Canada, you can go to prison. And do you think the United States is that far away? So even though you say, and you can look at this Sheila Jackson Lee bill and say, 
most reasonable people can agree that white supremacy is wrong, it's vile, and it's reprehensible. Most people can agree with that. But if you try to criminalize it, that's where it becomes wrong, because the power to criminalize what all of us agree is hateful speech is the same power that can then later criminalize speech that we all don't agree is hateful speech. And you can see how this plays out. And, and I love tangible examples because it, it moves us from lecture, which is theory, to lab, which is in practice, how does this work? There's a case out of Ohio from, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago. The U.S. Court of Appeals had to intervene because a school teacher's lawsuit was dismissed, uh, and the school teacher was wearing a MAGA hat. And he wasn't wearing it to school where there were students. Because then you could make the argument that if it's disruptive in the school system under a Supreme Court precedent, then that activity can be inhibited or it can be uh, pro prohibited if it's disruptive to school. But this was during a training session where there were only teachers, no school students, and the teacher didn't do anything other than he wore a MAGA hat to class. And the principal, the principal came to this, this teacher. It was from Ohio. No, I'm sorry. It was in the state of uh, Washington. He was a Washington middle school teacher. And the principal came to him, this teacher wearing the MAGA hat, and told him if he didn't take his hat off and stop bringing it to school, he was going to be disciplined, including up to and including termination of his employment. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. So he filed a lawsuit. That lawsuit was dismissed, but now the Court of Appeals has revised that lawsuit. And this is a principal, by the way, who had Black Lives Matter posters all throughout the school. And she had bumper stickers for Bernie Sanders on her vehicle. But she told a teacher wearing a MAGA hat that if you don't take it off, you're going to be fired. And this is what she said. This is, I'm going to quote to you what this principal said. Quote, while the Black Lives Matter poster is a symbol of cultural acceptance and inclusivity, Mr. Dodge's MAGA hat is a symbol commonly associated with white supremacy and other anti-immigrant sentiments. Comparing an innocuous bumper sticker and a racially supportive poster to the MAGA hat is troglodytic and unacquainted with the affairs of this world, unquote. That's, I, I couldn't have, I, I couldn't have characterized it any better than her statement in terms of how the left views speech. So while I look at Sheila Jackson Lee's bill that says you will be criminally punished if you advance white supremacy, we could all sit in a room, we could be sitting at a bar having a drink, and we can say, yep, white supremacy is wrong. It's all terrible. But now you move from the theory of white supremacy banning to its practice, and now you have a person in the state of Washington who wants to ban a MAGA hat, which was supportive of a presidential candidate, saying the hat itself represents white supremacy, therefore the hat itself should be banned, and by extension, the candidate who is represented by that hat should also be banned as being a white supremacist. You see how that transgression, how that rather that progression how that works here. So what starts out as something innocuous that we can all agree on, it quickly mutates into suppression of political speech. And that's why 
That's why I'm I'm just as strongly as I can possibly say I'm a free speech supporter because because if we don't have protections for speech that's reprehensible, then we eventually won't have protections for speech that may represent what you or someone else actually thinks or believes, or what even the Bible might teach. Here's another example of that out of Ohio. There was a teacher who has filed a lawsuit. This teacher is a Christian, and this teacher is being forced by the University of New Mexico to use certain pronouns, to use certain pronouns. And the pronouns are whatever that student may say his or her uh, gender may be that day. And of course, if you buy into this gender fluidity, Johnny may be Jane tomorrow, and then Johnny the next day, and then the next day something else. Because the latest number I heard from the left is there may be up to 97 different genders. So uh, I, I'm not really sure how that works. But the teacher is being forced by the University of New Mexico, forced to use speech. Now, if you look at the at the wording of the First Amendment, you cannot prohibit speech, but implied within the First Amendment is also you cannot force speech. The government can't, not only can the government should not be able to tell you what you can't say, but they can't force you to say something either. And yet that's precisely what we have on the left today that's forcing speech on us, regardless of our religious convictions, regardless of our moral convictions, and regardless of what is the truth. If a person is born a man, born a boy, they're a boy. And now there are certain weird medical situations where that may not work out. We can make exceptions for that. But for a teacher to call a young man a man whenever he wants to be identified today as a woman, now the government is forcing speech upon a person in violation of the First Amendment. So that same disregard for freedom of speech that occurs when it comes to hate speech, now morphs into not only are we going to tell you what you cannot say, but we're going to dictate and control what you do say. And at the end of the day, folks, the freedom of speech goes hand in hand with the freedom of thought. The government that can control what you say is the same government that can control what you think. And at the end of the day, at least from my perspective, that's ultimately the goal, to create a uniformity of thought by creating a uniformity of speech. And we're going to see this come out of Ohio. I don't know if this school teacher will ultimately prevail in his lawsuit. He may not have any damages. I mean, he wasn't fired. He didn't have any loss of income as a result of being told to take off the hat. So he probably, at the end of the day, won't recover anything, and that's fine. My point is I'm glad the idea is being litigated about whether a school can force you to conform with the words of your mouth and the clothing that you wear can force you to conform to what academia wants you to conform to. I hope that you will follow this as closely as I'll be following it. And of course, I'll be talking about it as those cases move through the court system. We're going to take a break here. Coming up after the break, we have the audio cut of the day. You don't want to miss this. It's a great quote that's going to get a lot of analysis here at the end of the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young in today. Stick around. Hey, 
Welcome back to the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young in here for the final segment. My goodness, this is uh, three hours have flown right by. Thank you so much for sticking with us this afternoon here on 97.1 FM Talk. The, I love doing the audio cut of the day, but I got to tell you that there's a challenge when it comes to this because there are so many audio clips that come out every single day demonstrating the absurdity of the left, the lunacy of the left, and the insanity of the progressives in this country that it becomes really a challenge to find out what audio clips you want to cover. And that, to me, is the hardest part of the job. It's like, uh, you, know, you know, that's why people love going to eat at McDonald's. I'll tell you why. Because you know <laughs> the menu, right? Listen, Hannah, if you go to McDonald's, you don't have to figure out what to, you want. Right. You know it because the menu is easy. You've been there a million times. And it makes and choosing, it's not changing. And it's not changing. It makes it very simple. But if you were given a menu with, with uh, uh, 500 different styles of hamburger, it, it, it would become a challenge, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, McNuggets till I die. Exactly. Oh, is that your <laughs> is that your go-to fast food McNuggets? Uh, yeah, I try to stray away from McDonald's, but if I had to eat it, I would eat McDonald's. Well, what what is your favorite fast food? Oh, Chick Fil A, a thousand. Chick Fil A. Yeah, I'm addicted to Chick Fil A. Yeah. Even their their when their breakfast sandwiches came out, I was so upset because they're delicious. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need this. The little mini ones on the biscuit. Oh, I know they aren't they great? Yes. What are they called? I don't even know. I just tell them I want your I want your chicken biscuit. I think it is mini chicken biscuit. Mini chicken biscuit. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's mini with an M A N Y, not yeah. an M I N I because. Uh, I, I, try, I want to look at them like sliders. Okay, I'll take 10. I know. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, I shouldn't eat 10 Chick-fil-A. And you know what else they've got? I'm sorry, this is not a commercial for Chick-fil-A. But when I, I go to Chick-fil-A, I love it. It's my favorite. Best it, service. Best, best service. Food. Oh, it's fantastic. But you can actually get, uh, uh, you don't say diet lemonade. You can get no-calorie lemonade mm-hmm. there that's tart. It's delicious. Yes. I can't find it anywhere else. No, it's Uncomparable. It is amazing. Is I don't that know. your favorite fast food place? Oh yeah, easily, easily, easily. It's my favorite. I don't. I don't know what they what they put in the lemonade to make it that good <laughs> with no calories. And maybe I don't really want to know, but it's fantastic. But it's good. It is. It is good. I'll tell you what's not good. What's not good is President Biden today came out and he, he used the speech regarding the Martin Luther King Day to bash Republicans who are really wanting uh, to have a fairness in our tax code. And that brings us to the audio cut of the day. Now, the audio cut of the day. The audio cut of the day is sponsored by the Good Feet Store. Comfort, energy, performance, and pain relief all at the Good Feet Store. Uh, One of the things that a lot of times conservatives are criticized about is how much we talk about taxes. And we do talk about taxes a lot. And there's a reason. Because when you tax an activity, you slow it down. You reduce that activity. You inhibit that activity. So by its very nature, if if you're going to be taxing financial activity in a country, the more you tax it, the more it goes down. And we want the economy to grow, not to diminish. And so taxes are a big deal because it creates incentives or disincentives. It can reward or punish. It's literally the power of the purse. 
And so it is an important thing. And apparently it was important enough for President Biden to talk about today at, at what else that the Martin Luther King honorary ceremony today. He used it to talk about taxes. And this is what he said. Because I was disappointed to see the very first bill that the House of House Republicans and Nancy, you probably rolling over when you saw it, are bringing to the floor that would help the wealthy people and big corporations cheat on their taxes at the expense of ordinary middle class taxpayers. You know, all these new IRS agents we have is because they fired a lot of them and a lot of retiring. And guess what? Who needs serious agents to know what they're doing and not doing? The billionaires, the multi multi millionaires. <laughs> there is even... nothing worse than Biden ASMR. <laughs> well, well, Hannah, you you said when we were previewing that uh, before during the last break, you said I don't even know what he's saying. No, I don't. I don't know how to even title that clip billionaires and Nancy and there was some whispering and the IRS agents there was just a lot going on there's there. a lot going on there but you notice when he said Nancy you're rolling over that phrase is usually used for people rolling over in, in their, their grave in their grave I know I was like where did that reference come from and he's apparently insinuating that Nancy's <laughs> in a grave I know but you know we know she's not but but uh, God bless her when she eventually goes to meet her maker, she'll still be smiling from all the Botox when, <laughs> when she's when, when she's in the casket. But but uh, uh, but he's also talking about and he I love how he whispers. Did you catch I that? That. Well, I know, but I love it because it's easy to make fun of. Yes. But he's whispering about all the IRS agents that have been fired. You know, I researched this today. There have been no IRS agents that have been fired. <laughs> None. I mean, unless they're you know, committing activities at work that require them to be fired, but there's been no mass layoffs of, of IRS agents. And let me ask you this, Anna, what group? <coughs> President Biden said that the reason why Republicans are all upset is because uh, of the, they're trying to protect the billionaires and the multi, multi, million, million, multi-millionaires, however, <laughs> however like he said that. it. Just like he, that. he was just kind of rambling. He, yeah. he had to catch himself. He didn't know what he was saying He had either. no idea what he was saying. But he was probably, you know. He, <laughs> repeat sorry, this line. Repeat this line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he read it on the script. But which group, which group of, of wage earners in this country do you think are targeted most often by IRS agents? Middle class. Middle class. Well, you're close. It's actually the lower class hmm. are targeted, followed by the middle class, followed lastly by the upper income earners. How is it the low the low class? Because it, it makes sense. But let me let me go through the data with you, and then we'll talk about the concept. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I've looked up. I'm right now. I'm looking up on the IRS website data for fiscal 2021. The odds of an audit being uh, occurring are 4.1 audits out of every 10, I'm sorry, out of every 1,000 returns. So for every 1,000 people that file tax returns, only 4.1 are audited. Hmm. But out of those ones that are audited. So out of the four. Out of those 4.1, a person in the lowest income group had the absolute highest they're, they're, in fact, they were four times more likely to be audited if you were earning $40,000 or less 
you are four times mm. more likely to be audited than someone making $400,000 a year and more and up. That's interesting. Now, can you think of why? Why do you think the IRS would be more interested in auditing lower income people? Because ostensibly, if you were to think about this rationally, you would say, okay, which group has the most money? Okay, the rich people. Right. They got the money. Right. So if we want to bring in more taxes, we'll go after the rich people because they have the greatest opportunity to give us tax money back. But why do you think it is that the that the poorest Americans, followed by the middle class Americans, are the ones targeted most often for IRS audits? Why do you think that might be? Because they could be using government money. Could be using government money. Programs. Exactly. Assistance. But if you were an auditor, okay, imagine I want you to put on your imaginary auditor IRS hat? auditor hat, okay? I don't want to wear that hat. Would you? I know, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but just humor me, okay? Okay. If you had that IRS auditor hat, would you rather audit someone who has teams of lawyers and accountants or someone who's oh, afraid of the IRS point. and is going to do whatever you tell them to do? No kidding. Which yeah. would you rather audit? I would go for the low class. Exactly. It's backwards, but it makes sense. Because it's easy. If you if you think about, because this is really in the animal kingdom, okay? Will a lion go after another lion to eat a meal? Or go after a gazelle that can't fight. They're going to go after the right. gazelle that can't fight, okay? Mm -hmm. Because it's easy prey. And if you look at the IRS as their predators, which they are, they're going to go after the easiest low-hanging fruit, which is the lowest and the middle-income Americans. So when you add the IRS, added these 87,000 more auditors, folks, they're going to go against more lower-income people, more middle-class people, and the rich aren't going to be facing any more audits because if they do, they got lawyers and accountants on retainer to deal with that. So Biden simply, like in so many ways, has no idea what he's talking about because more IRS agents means more audits for lower and middle-class people. Brad Young filling in for Mark Reardon. He'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, 6 o'clock, best of Dave Glover, right here on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Ron.
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.